Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly comic book podcast where we read and discuss a collection of comics. I'm your host, Dallas. I'm Alexis. And I'm Anne. And for today's episode, we are going to be going over and discussing Black Cat by Jed McKay and a whole host of artists. Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah. We decided to to take Alexis out of Grant Morrison jail and let and we'd read some <laughs> comics that were just fun. Oh my gosh. I know about time. Y'all need to give me a break. <laughs> Can I just say though, the funniest thing, like right out the gate, it has to do with the topic. So I'm not gonna be like Dallas and just pre <laughs> say that we're gonna be off topic first 15 seconds. But I was reading one of the comics last last night, mm-hmm. like one of the issues, and it was the issue where they're like heisting Doctor Strange Doctor Strange. <laughs> And my boyfriend Carson was like reading it over my shoulder, yeah. like watching it. And he was like, does Dr. Strange have a ghost Basset hound? <laughs> and I was like, yes. And that, I mean, I think Dallas probably knows this, but that is Carson's like dream dog. So he's like, just the fact that Dr. Strange has a little ghost dog that was through that entire issue, just like very openly helping them steal from Dr. Strange. It was so it. good. It was so, so good. so cute. And at the end, he was hiding under the table from Dr. Strange. I was like, that is such, that is such a cute little dog thing to do. Like, oh no, I did something bad. I'm going to hide. <laughs> I'm like 90% sure this was my first introduction to bats. And I need to go back and figure out the whole story of this silly little ghost dog. Because yes, he's he fantastic. I feel like ever a couple weeks ago, I was asking people like, where do I start with Doctor Strange? Like, I kind of want to start with the Steve Ditko stuff, but mm-hmm. I also don't want to dive into a Silver Age book right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone else can relate there, but no, no, so much, so much. So I feel like figuring out the story of bats would be a good place to start with Doctor yes. Strange. He's so cute, and like even like the way that he was drawn, I was just like, oh. I love him. He's just lumpy. He's a lumpy <laughs> boy. His little paws. Oh my goodness. I loved it. <laughs> you can already feel the joy coming off of Alexis on this episode. I, I love this. It. I just... love this one. This one was so fun. Yeah. That's this that's this run as a whole, right? It's just like pure joy. And yes. it's it's great. That that's I love that. It really was. And I love how I see I already like this enough that I'm not gonna do the the tangent I was telling off mic that I was going to do. <laughs> yes. Um, but you, you, two should, you two should watch that movie. Not a tangent, but go watch Gunpowder Milkshake, everyone. <laughs> that movie is good. It's on Netflix, and I haven't heard anyone talking about it yet. That movie is very good. I love how you say, I'm not going to do the tangent, and you talk yourself into doing the tangent yep. again. That was beautiful. And this is just <laughs> our, our whole life. It has always happened for the past 20 plus years. I just... It's it's always gonna come. If he I'm even a, says it's not coming, it's coming. I'm a monologuer. It's one of my great <laughs> crutches to bear. And yet I'm the theater kid of the family. <sighs> Boy. All right. So I loved that this book, I'm not gonna lie, the first like two issues, for whatever reason, I don't know if I was grumpy or something. I was like, I don't know if I like this. And then the second that I realized they were gonna be like little two-issue or three-issue heist mm-hmm. arcs, I was like, oh, come to Papa. All right, all right. I was, I like, picked it back up. 
because I read the first half of volume one and then I let it sit for like four days and I kept putting it off. And then I was like, I have to read it. I'm not going to be Alexis and just not read the book for the show. I wake up and... at 6 a.m. and read them before we record. Okay, leave me alone. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm so glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> I, read, I, I got to a point last night where I'm like, oh shoot, I gotta, I gotta reread this. I literally set my <laughs> alarm for six o'clock this morning so that I had made sure that I had four hours to read 12 <laughs> issues because I knew that it would take my empty brain that long to read it. So, did you read the annual as well at the end of volume three? There was an annual? Annual number one. It's okay. It's technically a prequel. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, maybe you guys can pitch it for me, and that'll be fun. Because well, I read everything else, but, so clock me. Okay, so for anybody that is unfamiliar, Jen McKay's run on Black Cat so far has been a series of heists through the Marvel Universe, all leading up to one big job. And that is like... It's crazy to me that this hasn't happened yet, you know? I love it. I love I, that it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> all right. So I need you two to talk, yes. to vamp, vamp about this a little bit. Talk about okay. this book because it's so fun. Okay. And you go first. I already okay. I already introduced my little puppy friend. So go for it. So, oh my gosh, the puppy friend. This book was, I think I really started to realize it was something special starting right at that second issue when like we're heisting Dr. Strange. That's, I know, right? It's like, that feels like the end game type level. It's like, no, she's just going to walk straight into the, the Sanctum yeah. Sanctorum and just steal some shit because she can. And I'm like, okay, okay, this is, this is, this is nice. And then we go straight to the, the Baxter building yeah. and then we end this half of the run with freaking Tony Stark. It's just, I tell you, I audibly gasped. Right? Gasped at what she did with that heist. Ooh, we'll get there when we get there, but we will. Oh my gosh. This it's book just... is fun at like subverting expectations. Right. You know? Yes. Which I feel like is an overused term, but I feel like I'd be reading something. I'm like, I bet I know how this goes. And I was wrong every time. I I definitely feel that too, because I didn't expect like Blastar to show up in the middle of a no. Fantastic Four heist. And there's it's just, it's one of those books where they feel like, okay, I'm going to write a comic book. I'm going to have fun with every aspect of it. Like, if I want Felicia Hardy to drive the fantastic car through a villain, I'm going to do it. If I want to impale Deadpool on the end of a boat, like one of those old tiny mermaids at the end of a Viking <laughs> ship, I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to bring in Mr. Patch. I'm going to do all this fun stuff just because I want to, just because that feels, it feels like it fits Felicia to a T because... You know, she's someone who started heisting because she wanted to. And yeah, if I was heisting in the Marvel Universe, this is what I would want my life to be. Just all this craziness all the time. So <laughs> I like that the book is also light. You know, yeah. I feel like Felicia was introduced during an era of Spider-Man where things were sort of grim and dour. Like I like the Roger Stern era. Don't get me wrong. Right. And I like black suit Spider-Man. But it feels like she... She was like Peter's edgy girlfriend a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's super fun, A, to just see her have a solo series where, other than the annual, Peter doesn't show up. Alexis, here's me pitching the annual to you. <laughs> okay, okay. Felicia and Peter fake a wedding so that oh, they can oh. heist the ancient vault underneath the mafia's church. Okay, I'm you do. that after we get off. It's so good. 
It's so good. I love also the part kind of to like piggyback off what we're talking about with like Spider-Man and Peter. I love where she's like trying to heist um, Iron Fist and she has her little sidekick and her sidekick's <laughs> like, come on, join our big bad group. Like you're, you're Spider-Man's villain. And she's like, please, I'm not even a villain. I'm more of just an, a cranky ex-girlfriend. And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> she's like, why does everybody keep calling me a villain? I'm just a cranky ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's another one of the like fun parts of this is like everyone calls her the like the villain yeah. or maybe like an anti-hero. It's just like this she feels like she's neither. She just feels like she's a girl she's having like, a fun time. Okay, leave me alone. Yeah, she's stealing shit from heroes, but she's like laughing and joking <laughs> with the heroes as she does. Yeah, it. she's like friends with them, and I'm like, okay. She's like, <laughs> she's. I feel like she's she would steal the stuff from Danny Rand, but still like go out and get coffee with him later yeah. just to talk about it. Like, hey, no hard feelings, right? Where but... she's talking about getting sushi, like at the Fantastic Four house. I'm like, yeah, that that tracks. That makes sense. She's like, I'm gonna steal this and then we'll order sushi. You you know Johnny still called her after, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. oh, he still sure. called her. For sure, Johnny was like date number two. <laughs> oh yeah. This book is also just it's charming and funny. In a way that's really refreshing as well. Like, it doesn't feel forced, but it honestly makes me laugh. And that's rare in comics. Like, I feel like there are a lot of comics that I'm like, oh, that's super funny. But, like, to get me to audibly laugh is a special thing. And this book did it time and time again. It's hard to get you to laugh when you're, like, just reading something by yourself. So Mm -hmm. the fact that this... It has so many of those, I, I don't know what to call them, but then the moments that I screenshot and I will keep in my special little folder to react to anything and everything on the internet forever and always. And, and meme folder. My, my meme folder. It, it, <laughs> it literally just says comic reactions on it and there's like 300 pictures. I don't want to talk about it. I have a problem. It's okay. It's better than me where I just save it to my regular camera roll and I'm like, I'll use that someday. That's never just, to be seen again. That's me with TikTok. I need to be stopped. Yo, I my favorite comic reaction that I've seen so far today, I've been thinking about it all day. Someone screenshotted the bit from Diary of a Wimpy Kid where Roderick's like, <laughs> the mom's like, what do you have to say to women, Roderick? And he says, I am sorry, women. <laughs> like, I've been thinking about that all day. You should I was make like, that your header on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, how is how has that whole book not been mean so far? Like, I, I know we all read. Books. We all read Diary of a Wimpy Kid. How have we not all? Yeah, all of us did. It? Totally. Yeah, 100%. <gasps> never read Stop Diary of a Wimpy Kid. That was. Do yourself a favor. Read it. They're Go funny. Go back. Relive my childhood. I can do it. They're funny. I definitely, it like clicked for me that those counted as comics, like not that long ago. Uh, the same thing happened with Lexus and Bone, actually. Where oh we were I was like, going to make us read that. Why we were like, wait, those count as comics. We've been reading comics forever. I would always check it out at the library when I was little. <laughs> they had the full thing. I, I have it on my comicsology, and I have for like a year, and I still haven't read it yet. Oh. It's very good. I have it up in my shelf. I've read the first book out of like 10 or whatever it is. Like oh. It's big. I have the, the paperback compendium one, and like if I dropped it on my cat, I wouldn't have a cat anymore. Oh, my God. Like you know the big the big saga like the full thing that's like one book of Bone. Oh my yeah. god! Like <laughs> yeah. Bone looks at the comics industry and laughs. He walked so that everybody else could run. That lovely little Mickey Mouse. I don't this even is, know what he is. 
No, did you know that's actually the pitch? Is he went to Disney, Jeff Parker went to Disney and said, I would love to do Mickey, Donald, and Goofy meets Lord of the Rings. Will you let me do that? And they said, <gasps> no, pound sand. The House of Mouse does not share. And he said, fine. So he went and drew the three bones, and they're just Mickey, Donald, and Goofy in Lord of the Rings land. Read it and not be seven years old. And... That makes it more fun when you read it that way. That does make it more fun. Okay, time to cancel that tangent. We can leave that for its own episode. Yeah. All we, right. We, we can definitely read that. That would be a lot of fun. All right, back, that would be back, back to Black Cat. What did we like about Black Cat? I kind of thought you already mentioned um, how they were having, like, mini arcs. Like, mm-hmm. there was, like, one, two issues of, like, the one of the heist. I just loved how it was, like, quick and I feel like I feel like sometimes they can drag a little bit when they're like multiple issue arcs you know I just loved how I was like oh we're doing a different thing we're doing a different thing oh here we go different different highs like it was just so fun and so upbeat the whole time which I feel like was super her character as well yeah and we have um for this we you know there's only 12 issues and the fact that we got through like what four heists five heists in that time Mm -hmm. it's just I like that there was so much content in such a small amount of space when in just about any other run that would have been only two arcs. We would have mm-hmm. finished two arcs and that was it. And if one of those arcs was bad and you didn't like it, then that's half the run that you don't like. Exactly. So, well, that's the thing with this is I think the Doctor Strange heist is actually probably my least favorite of mm-hmm. all the heists. But it was over in two issues. And then the Baxter building like really hit home for me, right? Right. That was where my imagination was captured. Like, oh, I can't even imagine, like, heisting the Baxter <laughs> building. That would be so fun. And, like, this book seems like it's moving at a fast enough pace that if you hit some, one of the heists isn't super interesting to you, I guarantee you there are four others along the way that you're going to like, <laughs> Yeah. you know? Exactly. And it's like, <clears throat> I'm trying to find interviews with Jed McKay to see um, a little bit of him talking about it. But I don't know if he knew how long this would run. Because Marvel's been doing this thing lately where they just announce a bunch of minis for smaller characters like this. Like Juggernaut just got his own mini not too long ago. And they get announced as minis and they stay minis. This wasn't. It's gone off. It went on. It stopped at issue 12 for a little bit. Went on a hiatus. And then came back as a second series with... <laughs> it It pulled a Kelly Sudeconic Captain Marvel where it's like it's the same series but not the same series where they just relaunch it with another number one and pretend like it's something different. Uh, we, so, had, we had a question about that from a listener. They were like, why did they do that? And I was like, Oh my, my sweet summer child, you haven't read Marvel <laughs> comics very long. Oh my gosh. I was like, that's Marvel's M O. Mm-hmm. They love a number one for no good reason at all. I'm sure it's like a casual fan. It makes things feel like they're easier to jump onto but as like someone who follows them month to month i'm like just please just don't just give yeah. me issue 13 well but, it even makes it hard like as a casual fan wanting to go get collections i find myself like i've wanted i'm trying to think i'm trying to get into more of the like mid 2000s x-men right now and i'm yeah. like all right i i dropped off during decimate the decimation era i should go back and rectify that crap is impenetrable to figure out unless you have mm-hmm. a friend that you're like what what do I read and when? Yeah. yeah. Fun fact, that decimation stuff was happening right when I started to get in. I tried to get into comics around that time. 
I just went to my library and I pick up whatever they had. And like the newest X book they had was probably like, um, <laughs> it probably manifest destiny or, um, Ooh, what was the, I, I completely forget the name of the one where hope shows up. Um, Messiah complex. That's yes. it. And I picked up the book and I'm just like, I have no idea what the hell's going on, who anyone is. X-Men books are hard, especially in that time period. They and are I, hard. And the fact that Black Cat's now going to have two, like, volume ones for people to pick up on, and <laughs> when volume one is really, like, volume four, that's going to be a lot, so. Yeah, I definitely, shout out to the people that do the long, hard work of making reading orders for these yeah. things. Mm-hmm. I could never, but you're doing the Lord's work. It's the Lord's work, and it makes things easier for people who want to get into comics, which is so, so nice. And all of us should be doing that much more than we do. It is. And what's fun about this Black Cat book is it feels like an accessible point, Mm -hmm. right? That you can pick up issue one of this and know nothing, and you're going to get a fun little tour of the Marvel Universe. You're going to be introduced to some new characters that you're like, I want to know more about them. And you can go down whatever rabbit hole that leads you down. But it's fun, it's light. This is a comic I want to hand people, which I can't always say, you know? Yeah, I couldn't imagine handing one of my friends Doom Patrol and saying, hey, have fun with this, this will get you into comics. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Don't ask questions. Y'all did that to me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but you're already here. I know, I have no choice. (laughs) We actually, we have Alexis's puppy, that's why she's still here. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's right there. You can see her in the corner of my screen. <laughs> and she's starting to get antsy. I better stop talking. Yeah. Better stop talking to her. <laughs> what did we feel? How did we feel about the characterization of Felicia in this? Oh, I loved her. Mm-hmm. I loved her. Yeah. She was just like so spunky and like sassy. And I just loved her confidence. It like bled out of the book as you were oh, reading. I was gosh. like, oh, yes, I want to be her when I grow up. <laughs> Like when she was checking out her ass and she's like, it's like a, a yes. damn piece of art. Yes. I was like, that's that's very good. She I'm also like, she talked in a colloquial way that wasn't like, what is up, my fellow kids? You know, <laughs> I could see myself saying the shit that she said. Yeah, it's very realistic dialogue. And, <clears throat> um, you know, reading the cover, looking at the covers, they're J. Scott Campbell covers for the most part. And um, that can very easily give you the wrong impression about what's going to be in the book. Um, But the book is actually very, it handles her very well, I think. I'm going to be honest. I haven't read a lot of Spider-Man runs in the past. I haven't run, I haven't read a lot about Black Cat before. She's one of those characters where it's like, I know her very well because of just related media. But I don't think I've ever read comics with her in it specifically, you know? Yes, me too. I I agree with you. See, I she very much was popular in an era where like her one role was to be Peter's sexy girlfriend. Yeah, and, and like, I don't feel like you're missing much. That's always what I thought because my only experience to her was in this Spider-Man visual dictionary I had as a kid. <laughs> Dallas is going crazy right now. <laughs> I like that guy. <laughs> and um. I just always read her as like, oh, she's the, the, the like dark version of MJ. You know, it's like Peter's got like his good girlfriend and also his bad girlfriend, yeah. you know? So I wasn't sure like what her actual characterization was. And I'll defer to you on this, Dallas, but I'm not sure how, you know, if this was like a departure from who she was in the past, but this feels 
like what's the word I'm looking for? It feels very signature. It feels like this is who she's supposed to be. So I feel like this is a version of her where she's the protagonist, but the characterization is still accurate. Okay. Does that make sense? Like yes. even in the eighties comics where she certainly is not a main character, mm-hmm. she, she's still fun. She's still like funny teases. Peter like loves the adventure. And so like this just adds a person, this adds a person behind a personality. Right. That makes sense, which was very fun. I was like, I was really impressed with Jen McKay's ability to write a female protagonist and not have it get weird or gross. I feel like I've gotten to the point with comics where if there's a dude writing a female protagonist, I'm very wary. Welcome to the club. It's so fun here. (laughs) It's like, I mean, really, unless you're going to talk about like, Greg Rucka, I don't know very many that have done it well. So I would oh. like to add Jed McKay to what's been going on. Say, I'm not sure if you saw the post I made this morning, but I was reading the um, I was rereading the patch stuff, mm-hmm. and I remembered there was a series called Claws that was just Black Cat teaming up with Logan. I'm like, I have Marvel Unlimited. Ooh. I'll go read the first issue of that. Uh-huh. <clears throat> three pages in, and I was screaming three times. There's literally a panel where it's Felicia's bubbly ass and then peter right next to it like he's about to lick it or something just staring at it with like this big grin on his face and i'm just like what the fuck i i keep forgetting how bad 2000s marvel was like mid 2000s it was so gross yeah i even like i went and i've been reread not rereading i've been reading for the first time brian michael bendis's new avengers yeah very very good but like there's stuff that'll come up that I'm like, holy shit, we used to get away with that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I. Oh, you think that's bad? Check out um his Mighty Avengers run with fucking Frank Cho of all people on art. It's it's atrocious. It's a crime against humanity. Freaking <laughs> peace. Straight to jail. Straight See, to jail. I mean, it's interesting you bring up the J. Scott Campbell covers because honestly, that's the reason I didn't pick up this book when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Like. I tend to pick up Marvel number ones just because I that's how I am. But I was like, you know, I don't need that. I don't yeah. need, like, don't TNA, need the book, you know? Horny enough as a human, don't need the help. Thank you very much. But, like, I was wrong. And mm-hmm. I think those covers were a disservice. I like the switch to the Pepe Larraz artwork for yes. the second series. But... God bless. <clears throat> it's oh my god it's the difference between like a honda civic and a porsche yeah <laughs> it's just true. the biggest upgrade in the world thank god true yeah not a fan of whatever the hell j scott campbell's draws <laughs> the only thing i'll say about the covers is a woman colored them and she did a really great job because they're really pretty at least from a color aspect so <laughs> that's that's my my two cents on that what did we think of the interior artwork oh i loved it i loved the contrast from like of course like we we're saying the the covers were a little spooky and i like swipe on the marvel app and i'd be like ah, ooh, ah there's the cover switch <laughs> go fast and then it'd be completely different on the inside and so i, I just, just want to know how she gets around the infrared things with the bazonga dongas that he draws <laughs> i don't know with that 
body <laughs> shape. I don't know how she's like <laughs> getting through vents and she's doing gonna be buried in a guitar case. <clears throat> well, she's thin enough to just squeeze through them. So ah, true. No internal organs. No, those internal are the only. Yeah. Those are the only things that set off <laughs> infrared. Silicone doesn't set off infrared. That's exactly. Perfect. It actually Perfect. hides it. That's exactly. no one tells you about that. It absorbs it. Ugh. I'm sorry, Alex. I interrupted you. What were you saying about the interior? <laughs> no, you're good. I just, I was just saying, I liked the contrast of it going from like, ew, to like pleasant <laughs> on the inside. It was, it was pleasant on the inside. I think the last time that we talked a lot about visual humor was with Giant Days. Mm-hmm. Max Saren has a real talent for visual humor. Oh yes. I felt that this book had a lot of that spirit. I didn't know how, I don't know how to say it in an intelligent way. So to say like, this feels like the reaction image Bible. Like every, (laughs) every panel is something funny that I want to share with a friend. And it's often very visually funny. Felicia's doing funny faces. She's doing funny poses, you know? And I think that adds a lot to an already hysterical script. Yeah, and I think a lot of that goes off of the just the idea that Felicia, for the most part, is just a normal person in this very abnormal space. Like, especially during Doctor Strange, the, the Doctor Strange arc, where she's just in this house where there's literal giant blobs of Steven's dream energy floating around with, like, knives and forks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And she's just, you can read it on her face, just like, this is my life and I cannot believe it's my life, but I have a job to do and I have to deal with it. It's, it's the look of incredulity of this shouldn't exist, but it does. And I'm dealing with it. And I think that's what makes it really work. For sure. And I love the idea of a POV character to the Marvel universe. That's Mm -hmm. funny and charming. I feel like a lot of the time when we think POV character, we think of someone that like, has a crap life a little bit, you know, but they get right. to be a part of the Marvel universe. Like Peter Parker is relatable because his life is shit all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> but the reality is like, that isn't always the most relatable thing. And sometimes it is fun to be like, no, life is really fun. And this place is very fun and interesting. And I think Felicia reminds you that in her book. Exactly. Yeah. It's wonderful. And now my lovely cat is running around in the background <laughs> So is my dog. They can they can bond on that. Okay. What do we think of the supporting cast for Felicia? Can I just comment on the yeah. security guard from the very first issue about he just would not give up? And, just, and Felicia was like, geez, you're obsessed with me. And she like yeets him into the freaking lake. I'm like, oh, poor guy. Just, just give him a break at this point. I was watching that guy and I was like, I would never at my nine to five. Like, yeah, he yeah he's doing too oh, much. Enough. And, and he got fired for it too. Yeah, he I still know. got fired. I'm like, that's the most realistic thing that's ever happened in the mobile universe. Yeah, true. <laughs> we do not care. You are going to get fired. It's like even in fantasy land, capitalism's the worst. Exactly. <laughs> oh, There's boy. no escape. I really loved her two partners. The oh, goons. Or goons, that's a good word for them. Um, I liked, oh, I don't remember which issue it was. It might have been the annual, but where it kept switching point of view between the characters. It would be like, Felicia would be talking, and then it would switch to the scientist, and then it would switch to the big strong guy. Mm -hmm. And I just loved how their different voices were captured. And you got to see Mm -hmm. 
their strengths that they bring. And you can see why Felicia relies on her crew. Like she isn't flawless. She isn't perfect, but she surrounded herself with talented people. And it made it feel like an oceans movie. Right. I think that really helps. I, I hate saying this because I really love them, but I can't remember their names off the top of my head. I just remember them as the brains and the brawn. Yeah. And just, I think they really compliment Felicia well as just these two kind of, kind of dumb goofball guys who are just, we're here for the money. We're here to get shit done and we'll get shit done. And I know we have, we didn't get that far, but the, during the, um, <laughs> the King in black stuff, they steal the spider buggy. And it's just, it's the, it's the best thing. <laughs> I'm so excited for you guys to get there because it's just, oh my, they, they offer something really unique that I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, I wish it would just be perfect if Bats was with them and then it'd be the ultimate Ocean's yes. team of all time. Yes. I was hoping that Bats was going to be a part of the team. And so when he it's stayed behind at the Sanctum, I was a little sad. I was so sad when he was hiding under the table after because he was so sad that he let him steal. <laughs> I just feel like that's so funny because he's like their little guard dog and he was like, trying his best and he's like oh you're a hero because she told him i don't remember who she told him that she was yes and so he's like okay i'll help you and then and then the the other like the (laughs) random like snakes are like yeah no that was definitely we definitely just got robbed (laughs) yeah poor bats it's good poor bats just a bad just a bad guard dog he's bad at his job he would have such a Baby Yoda, Baby Groot effect on the world. Oh my gosh. If he shows up in Multiverse of Madness, movies. it's over. <laughs> it's all ogre now. He'd be the only person that's not in that movie at this point if he's not in that oh movie. True. I'm going to write a very strongly worded letter. <laughs> Dear Kevin, I'll steal all your hats if he doesn't show up in Multiverse of Madness. You're fooling no one with those baseball caps, and I will show the world, sir. And I just got this image of of Alexis just saying it like a fireplace, and behind her on the mantle are all these hats just framed like deer heads. Just all sipping some tea. Feige hats. All the Feige hats. Like, all you had to do was put in bats, but you didn't. So we didn't. We got We're Howard hard. the Duck, but we can't get bats. Okay, cool. We've yeah. gotten Howard the Duck like three times. Yes. <laughs> How oh, hard man. is it to cast a little basset hound that runs around? Not very. They're just going to CGI him anyway. It can't be that yeah. hard. Do it. Do it. I couldn't do it, so I probably shouldn't be making <laughs> demands when I say how hard could it be. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't be me. Oh. Okay, wait. I do want to ask, though, each of you, wait. which heist was your favorite to the both of you? Out of all of the ones we read. And why? The Iron, the Iron Man heist was oh so fun. I audibly gasped. It was so fun. <laughs> and like the reveal of why she was able to pull so many G's in the suit. Yes. It got, I, that, I gasped. Like it got <laughs> me. I was she, like, oh, she got him. She, she, she freaking me. Iron Man 3'd us. I can't <laughs> believe it. I was like, we've done it before in the best Iron Man movie. That's right. I said it. Everyone fight me. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't disagree, but that's bold. <laughs> Gonna be yeah. honest, kind of blocked it out. <laughs> I swear, happened. I hit a frequency Alexis doesn't hear. I start talking, and she's like, da 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 da, 
That's the one of the huge strengths of having Anne on the show is Alexis engages with someone now. That's true. I have a friend. I yeah. I thought that it was blocking out the sound of your voice. Just in one ear, out the other. Good. I thought the idea of Felicia building herself an Iron Man suit was awesome with the claws and the ears. Mm -hmm. I thought how they went about exactly how they went about doing the heist was so fun being like, Oh, I can't really like flirt my way into Tony Stark. I can't like just basically showing how, why they had to be inventive. And then Mm -hmm. the way they came up with was perfect. It was like, of course, Tony would throw a fit. Somebody being mean to him. Yeah. So I just thought it was really imaginative and it felt like, they had learned that Jed McKay and company had learned from doing all these other heists mm-hmm. how to make it just right. And the Iron Man heist was everything coming together for me. It's hard to argue with that. I'm the only I kind of want to give some love to the um the Madripoor arc and the, the Mr. Patch stuff just mm-hmm. because her interactions with Logan are so, so good. I love the moment where she tries to like swing away with him, like into the sunset, and he's yeah. just so bone heavy. <laughs> and they're just arguing with arguing with each other as they both fall as to why they're falling. Yeah, and I just, it's it's so perfect. And just to see one of those shitty little, um, <laughs> just one of those shitty little racist kids get his ass handed to him was so nice. Yes. Oh gosh, we love it. I low-key think Logan is one of the mo- the best team-ups in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. His solos aren't always my favorite, but anytime he teams up with somebody, it's Throw magic. Throw him in with anybody. Like, Logan-Miss Marvel team-up was amazing. Logan-Black Cat team-up is amazing. Logan and Spider-Man are always amazing. <laughs> he just, just like, his little gruffness, especially when they make him small... Just like, oh my gosh, I cackled about how small he was compared <laughs> to her when they were like all dressed up and she was decked out to the nines. I was like, oh my gosh, he really is small. I keep forgetting. He's a tiny little man. <laughs> it's wonderful. Just a little small grumpy guy. Yes, he's like sprinkle, a troll. You sprinkle him into any comic book. Again, Just, a dash of Logan. Yes. Small, angry murder child. Add him anywhere. Like a little cinnamon. Perfect. There you go. Perfect. And see, in my perfect world... Laura Kinney has the solo Wolverine book, and Logan just yes. gets to appear in comedic team-ups with everyone else. There it's you go. It's a win-win. Hire me, Marvel. As an editor, <laughs> Do <it. laughs> don't make don't make me a writer. I can't. Every, I'm not good at it. Just make it a rule. Every run needs a, at least one Wolverine crossover. Exactly oh, yes. once. He needs to at least show about, up once. Just like we look back on the Joe Quesada era and we're like, it's the era where everyone's progression ended. We can look back on the Dallas Taylor era. It's like, it's the era where Logan was places he didn't need to be. <laughs> For no but reason. But it was kind of fun. Oh, I love Big it. brain time. Big brain. Big brain time. <laughs> I love it. All right, Alexis, did you have a favorite heist? Uh, definitely the Iron Man one, I think it was my favorite. But I just thought... Um, Maybe we could talk a little bit more on like the Fantastic Four house heist because that one was mm-hmm. very different. I feel like because, I mean, it was going so well, it was great. She was charming her way in, and then there's just like a portal to hell. I don't know where it came from. Who knows what it is? <laughs> I was like, where did these monsters I, come from? I want Alexis to narrate Fantastic Four comics now. Oh my gosh, it's portal to just, hell. 
with she looks at the negative zone and says a portal to hell i need just take away the word balloons and have her audiobook her way through a fantastic four issue am i gonna be the audiobook instead of Anne? yes oh my my gosh it'd be so funny i would pay money for you to narrate jonathan hickman's fantastic four just like okay old boring dad oh now there's 20 of them i don't know i don't know their names Hmm, can't remember hmm Look at this. What? Look, it's John Krasinski. <laughs> Kasprinkler. John Kasprinkler and his wife, Emily Blunt, who's yeah. going to burn the Marvel Cinematic Universe to the ground if anyone brings it up again. They are so mad about it, and I love it. It's so funny. They are so over it. Someone's like, Emily Blunt, you should be Miss Fantastic. She's like, I'm a real actress. Leave me yeah, alone. She literally was like, I'm not interested. Thank you. Can we have another question? And I was I'm like, a real <laughs> I'm a real actress. Ask me more questions about Jungle Cruise, please. Exactly. Exactly. Ah! I I love that that movie a year ago was being pitched as the Army Hammer and Gal Gadot movie. Wait, and then, what? Yeah. So Army Hammer is like one of the main characters of that movie. And Gal Gadot is one of the main characters of that movie. And now, because he's eaten people. Yeah, he eats people. And because she's Captain Israel, they are not on the PR tour at all. And like, you but they're in the movie. Yeah, because the movie was the movie's already made. It was made before all this stuff. I didn't even know that they were in it. Yeah, I've been waiting for like Whoa. six months since all this stuff happened. I was like, how are they gonna pitch that I Jungle just Cruise movie? But it was another version of The Rock wearing a tan T-shirt in the woods. It is. They changed the PR. Like, it's the same movie. And, like, The Rock and Emily Blunt are main characters, but, like, they were not the head-billed people at the beginning. Because I did know about ARMY eating people. That's exciting. It's a whole nother podcast. That's a, that's a word for it. <laughs> exciting. Terrifying. Yeah, they're in that movie. So, that's been fun. <laughs> moment of silence of, for that. Speaking Enjoying of Jungle that. Cruise... Uh, I'm a real actress. I do Jungle Cruise. <laughs> that rules. I'm going to make that my bio. <laughs> my gosh. All right. This is a little tangential, but it's important to me. I want to know what your favorite heist movies are. Because Ocean's with this, oh. this heist comic was so fun. Ocean's 8, Alexis. All right. Tell me why you love Ocean's 8. Well, because, I mean, I feel like I grew up watching, like, Oceans, the plurals, with Dad. And I was like, ah, cool. They're stealing more things from all these fancy hotels. And it's 5,000 men that I don't really care about. But as soon as you put Rihanna in a movie with Aquafina, boom. Over. (laughs) At the Met, that's all. That's my game right there. Right there. Fancy dresses, diamonds, all the best actresses I could ever think of. Jungle Cruise herself. She Jungle. was thrown in there somewhere. <clears throat> the freaking Kardashians were in that movie. Like, ooh, I'm still shook. <laughs> See, it was funny. I recently did a rewatch of all the Oceans movies, but instead of watching 12, I watched 8. Yep. Because I was like, I don't care about 12. Delete 12. <laughs> I've never seen any of the Oceans movies, but I probably should. Don't watch the other ones. Just watch Ocean 8. See, the I other ones are irrelevant. Okay. I, like, no, I like the other ones. There's a fun game when you watch oh, the I... original Ocean's Eleven. Do a drinking game where every time Brad Pitt's eating something, you mm-hmm. drink. You'll die. <laughs> okay. 
Sounds you funny. have a heart attack. I can't wait Liver from failure. alcohol poisoning. <laughs> like that man, oh, every out on you. I really, I'd be hard pressed to pull out a scene that he's not just snacking in the background. Like Tony Stark like, has blueberries. He's just always like got some chips, got a hot dog, and you're like, once you notice it, you can't unnotice it. He's a hungry guy. All right, do you have a favorite heist movie, Anne? Oh. <clears throat> I had to um I had to Google it just so my favorite my answer wouldn't be Ant Man but um I really like I really like the town with Ben Affleck and that counts according to Vulture that counts um I, I also really like Baby Driver and um oh what was I like Fast Five Fast Five is ah. one of my favorite Fast and Furious movies so that, was that my also answer. counts that was my answer I have seen number Fast and Furious number one. And Fast mm-hmm. Furious number five, and Wait, Fast is that five, it? That's all. Oh my that's god! All I've seen. Isn't there like twelve? I think there are nine of them Close now. Enough. Oh, nine plus one spinoff. Mm-hmm. So, so like, there's a part of me that wants to watch them all just because it seems like stupid fun. But there's another part of me that's like, do I want to spend eighteen hours on Vin Diesel? Just probably. Spend 18 hours probably. Spider Man. Exactly. Just start where the rock starts and just watch those. Oh, I could probably do that. But like Fast Fast Five is so fun when they're pulling the vault through. Oh my God. Streets and they're doing vault foo when they do when they start doing car foo in those movies. (laughs) That's when it all comes together for me. I watched that first one. I was like, oh, it's drag racing. Very Mm -hmm. neat. I don't think this speaks to me. And then I watched number five and I was like, they're doing car foo, like. (laughs) This is the greatest thing anyone's ever made. You, I feel so. We've been watching so much RuPaul, as you said, when they're doing drag racing. And I'm like, that's not what Fast and Furious like, is what? about. Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. I would watch that version. I would watch that. If I'm yeah. being honest, that sounds more compelling than what they were doing in the first movie. Yes. In the first Fast and Furious movie, when they show up to a car thing called Race Wars, and all the teams also happen to be different. <clears throat> people different yeah. races yep, I was, was like thing. I was like this is this is really on the nose backwards. you know you show up to a car race called race wars I was like bold that's a bold decision <laughs> it used to be this 2004 <laughs> Ooh, boy. oh thank you for I reminding thought of another that. heist movie what's your other heist movie now you see me one and two got mm. magicians <laughs> I just realized I don't watch that many movies. I, just, I thought I watched a lot of movies. Have you seen I just, those? I haven't. <gasps> Dallas, you have to watch those. As a child who grew up uh, kind of a nerd, you have to watch those. I'm just, thank you for reminding me my anger that they didn't just say, now you don't. I, the second one. Yes, that agreed. Was, they had a missed opportunity there. So dumb. They were both, they were both good. The marketing of movies is so interesting to me yeah like i'm fascinated to see how they do the sequel to knives out because i very much like knives out was a title that made sense for that movie mm-hmm. calling something knives out two colon whatever the hell they're gonna name it is the stupidest thing you could possibly do and i, I know they're gonna do it oh i really hope they don't fingers crossed i'm just they should have just left it at one it was a good solo movie. Well, you can't do that anymore. That's impossible. Nah. Nobody you has have, any idea. Anymore. You have to milk the IP till it's dry, baby. 
oh, maybe I'll just pull a black cat and call it Knives Out again. So we have Knives Out Volume 1, but also <laughs> Knives Out Volume 1. So... <laughs> That was a good segue back to Black Cat. That was You're good. Welcome. I was going to say, I what were we it. talking about? What Everybody book did we read? Standing ovation for Anne. <laughs> Thank you. It's Thank amazing. You. Thank you. She's already professional. It's true. We can quit now. <laughs> already professional as I open my DK Spider-Man Visual Dictionary again to just see if I can find that Black Cat page. <laughs> this is the way. This is the way. So while Anne is pulling that up, do we have other like characters like Black Cat that we want to see in books like this? Oh, <clears throat> that's a um, good question. Say, so speaking of um, just the, I'm going to show you the page because it's falling out of my book, but I would love another modern Silver Sable run. Isn't that what this is though, Anne? Yeah, no, I, I understand. I understand. Mm. No, I mean Silver Sable, you know, the one, the one who's like, Dressed in black and steals things? That one. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, that okay. That makes okay. sense. Yep. The other one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the other one. <laughs> I think she could... Oh, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug this for them again because they're characters that I really like, even though I've never read anything they've been in. I really want more Cloak and Dagger, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vouch for more Cloak and Dagger. They're very fun. Um, the last Ultimates comic before that whole thing got folded mm-hmm. in was very fun. If you ever want to read Cloak and Dagger stuff. I actually, I like Ultimate Cloak and Dagger quite a bit. That might be, I don't know if anyone else liked that stuff, but I sure did. (laughs) It takes a minute for me to get invested in Ultimate anything because a lot of it is just a lot of sour taste in my mouth. But if you, if you vouch for it, I will give it a shot. Yeah. I think they were called All New Ultimates or something. It was like Miles Morales, Cloak and Dagger. That little like ten issue, whatever it was, was very fun. Oh, and there's that other that other girl in it who I wanted to read it for. Um, purple costume. I think she makes things explode. I think it's. I think that's Ultimate Domino, if I remember right. No, what? Who is she? I know what you're talking about. She was very fun. Oh. Uh, I think she came over with Miles to the main universe. I can't. Bleh. I don't remember, but she was. You were right. She was very fun. That was a fun team. They collected, if in the omnibus for Ultimates, for Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man, they collect a lot of those team-ups at the back. So I recently reread them. They're all very fun. Um, Alexis, do you have a minor character that you want to see in like a goofy book like this? You're still muted, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> I was about ready to just go into a full sentence right there. Um, a minor character who I would like to see. That's such a good question. I'm trying to think of like all the minor characters that we've seen over the past few weeks with the books that we've been reading. Um, I mean, I could say our sweet little bats friend, but oh, he just I deserves would... a movie. <laughs> a Marvel pet. That's many. A Marvel pets would be fun. Just like all the sidekick like oh. animals just go and like have their own little adventure. They have to like rescue the <laughs> the Avengers or something. It'd be so funny. I want the portal scene, but just with Marvel animals. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Um, what minor character do I want? Yeah. You see, I had all this time to think about it, and here I am not so knowing. 
If you can pick someone that isn't in this visual dictionary, you get a cookie. <sighs> Zaladane! Okay, fine. Whatever. I, I quit. Oh. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, though, a Savage Land book with, like, Kazar. I'm pretty sure that's coming back. I'm pretty sure Kazar is getting a book soon. Yes, yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, funny thing is, I don't even know if I'm going to pick that up. But I love the idea. I love the idea of a Savage Land book because... The fact that Marvel Comics has a whole place where dinosaurs just live in the middle of Antarctica. And everyone's so chill with it. And everyone's just vibing there. Like, how are we not there every other story arc of every book? I feel the same way about Gorilla City in DC Comics. The fact that we don't end up at Gorilla City more often than we do is a shame. You're trying to tell me when Batman Universe and... Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen ended up going to Gorilla City. It didn't directly impact the quality of the book. Jimmy Olsen just won two Eisners Mm -hmm. because, and there's no other reason, because they went to Gorilla City. So if you're a comic book professional listening right now, just set a whole book in Gorilla City. It's a city of intelligent gorillas. It's like Planet of the Apes. I love like, Planet of the Apes. Fun fact that I discovered this year, DC actually had a whole ape event where, like, everyone in the universe became an ape. Stop. What? No, they did not. I'm not even kidding. I'm pretty sure one of the titles was a, literally JLA, Justice League Ape. I, <gasps> one second, I have to Google this. Stop. This isn't yep. real. It, 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 it was called JLApe Guerrilla Warfare. <gasps> and the when? Back in the 90s, it was 99. It was turn of the century. There's a cover that has all the JLAers as apes, and it's just as great as you would imagine. Is that going to be our hidden gem? Are we changing topics? <laughs> I don't even know if it's good, but like, what? You would have to find it. I'm not even sure if it's on like any of the streaming services. It's I would, pretty obscure. I would pay for that crap. Are you kidding me? <laughs> JLAPE. Come on. That rules. That rules so hard. There is exactly one JLA tie-in on <clears throat> DC Unlimited, and it's the Aquaman one. And it's Aquaman. Oh, what a coincidence! And there's an ape submarine, and it's it's as ridiculous as you can imagine. If I could, <sighs> oh my god, the app's not working, or else I would show you. Wait, it's it's insane. Man, what what a beautiful concept. <laughs> If nothing else, this podcast, having brought me closer to Gorilla City, is a blessing. All right. Should we move towards listener questions? Or do we have some more stuff to say? Oh, one last thing I want to say. All right. All right. right. I love that this did some really cool things with Felicia's, you know, quote unquote powers, her Mm -hmm. bad luck charms. Mm -hmm. The moment when she realizes she's invulnerable to magic. That was fantastic. That was so good. I love that. The one panel where she gets literally like a Mjolnir-shaped anvil dropped on her head and it just turns to butterflies because she is the anti-magic. I just thought that was so creative and so inventive. I love it when someone takes a character's powers and things outside the box with them. And it's like, what's the best way I can utilize this? And just the idea, like the opposite of magic is bad luck because magic is basically, you know, good luck. It's things you want happening, happening. I, I thought that was ingenious. And I had to let that be known before we get into viewer questions. I like it. That actually reminded me. What do you think the difference is between Domino's good luck powers 
and Black Cat's bad luck powers are. Like, how do they, how would you distinguish how they happen differently? Um, I would say that it depends who's affected because Domino's good luck powers give her good luck, but Black Cat's bad luck powers give everyone else bad luck. Does, doesn't that just kind of mean the same thing usually, though? Does it? I don't know. Or do Domino's good luck powers give everyone else good luck and Black Cat's give her good luck? Hmm. That just gave me a headache. That one second right there. <laughs> Comics, you gotta love it. Comic <laughs> books, baby. <sighs> My question goes unanswered. Yeah. Well, it's okay. I've had it for a while. I've had it for a while. Since I read the, like, what, four or five months ago, the X-Force issue with the asteroid. Do you yeah. remember that? Mm-hmm. I read that and I was like, I need to know the specifics of how this all works. <laughs> all right. So, listener questions. You can hear my cat yes. screaming in the background. So that's appropriate for a She's black cat She's singing the song of her people? She is. This is her getting, story of her mother? She's getting her black fingernails cat. trimmed, and you'd think we were sawing off her paws. Oh, poor thing. She, she is okay. She doesn't deserve rights. She commits crimes with those nails. She needs to chill. All right. So from the email account, Comic Bandwagon, we Mm. get, Hey guys, I just wanted to say that Black Cat is one of my favorite series from Marvel currently. It's such a fun book, and the confirmation of Felicia as bisexual made it even more special to me. I hope you guys had fun reading it, and I love the podcast. So that was just very nice. Oh, how sweet. I agree. This is one of the most fun Marvel comics coming out right now. I I feel bad for all the people that just hate women for no reason because <laughs> all so the best bad. Marvel books yeah. are about women right now. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to Avengers and being like, this is the best book at Marvel, but like Captain Marvel has a very real shot of being the best book at Marvel right now. Daredevil mm-hmm. female led right now. One of the best books at Marvel right now. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm like what a rough time to just be a piece of crap, you know? <laughs> What a rough time. I'm so, my small violin is just, I got to restring it. It's been played too much lately. (laughs) Well, you do know they're the most picked on group. Oh, yeah, obviously. They're so, so picked on. I mean, you saw how that whole He-Man show, that franchise that hasn't had anything (laughs) since 2002 was ruined yesterday. Oh, my God. Because women. Yep. It's it's so awful. Oh, you you wanted to watch this thing for the specific character, and he died so early on just so another character could shine. Oh my God! It's like, welcome to the club. Now you know what it's like to like female characters. <laughs> yeah, you get I the just, full experience now. It was so funny to me to read comments about how Masters of the Universe was ruined, and I was like, guys, there's nothing to ruin. I love He Man as much as the next person. <laughs> But frankly, whatever you were doing with your action figures yesterday is as much of canon as anything else at this point. Like, <laughs> oh so, my gosh. Sorry. Also, go watch She-Ra. It rules, and it's Oof. the same crap. No, it's got pretty. It's got pretty colors. It's for girls. It's I'll called the to. Princesses of Power. You know, and if I watch that, I won't be a man anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough. He-Man from Dallas for a moment. Um, for, a, for a moment, so it's going to come back. 
Oh, for sure. Okay, for cool. sure. Just want to make sure. They're just gonna, like the last thirty minutes of the podcast <laughs> is just me monologuing about the power of He-Man. I love. All right, back to He-Man. I love that. Like <laughs> my dad, I love him a lot, but like. like he but. very much is the kind of dad that's like, I got to get my son some boy toys, you know? He's going to be nice. a man. And he hands me He-Man, this he- rippling man in a loincloth, and he's like, now that is a heterosexual toy if I've ever seen one. <laughs> and it's, that concept is hilarious to me, because I know he wasn't alone. I all of my ac- All of my toys were just rippling men with swords <laughs> and no clothes. And, oh... That's funny to me. Like in hindsight, what a funny thing that like it's honestly a shock. It's honestly a shock that I turned out straight, if anything. He was working so hard the opposite way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. From our Twitter, um Ian at Kale oh Cal L data. Um Kale L. Kale L. You know. The He's famous like, superhero, Kale. Kale. <laughs> Good for me. Um, I don't even read comic books. How do you? <laughs> What's your favorite panel and or issue of Jed McKay's Black Cat thus far? Ooh, I know mine. Right off the top of my right. head. Go for it, Lex. I love when they're ziplining through uh, Black Cat and Wolverine. And <laughs> she's just straddled between her thunder thighs. Like, oh my God. I love it. My favorite image of the entire run of issues that we read i loved it i thought it was so funny especially when she when he's like my literal whole body is made out of metal and i'm like yeah she's ripped makes sense it's oh, very good thick thighs oh, so oh the thighs. god bless and she's like <laughs> dicked out with dress too like eh, no no big deal oh no biggie um let's see i have a couple favorite panels most all my favorite panels were saved in my phone. Um, obviously, the Wolverine stuff is great. I love the the joke where they put the glasses on Deadpool and he's just flying. His eyes are on fire and he's impaled on a boat. I'm like, oh, yeah. you poor thing. You kind of deserve this though. <laughs> um, I love the the panel where she she's just like, you're so obsessed with me. Yeah. When the guy breaks into the um Baxter building, and I also just a smaller moment that's like. It was like just so human was the moment where she's like, wow, things I didn't expect today in um, self-realization or internal <laughs> self-realization. And it's just like the background's like fire. <laughs> and I thought that was perfect, too. Which that gets is roasted. excellent. Yeah. I love the whole issue where she goes on a date with Batroc, the Leaper. Oh, my God. Batroc. Mm-hmm. I, that was just so fun. I love a good standalone issue. I wish I was better at like keeping a list of my favorite standalone issues because mm-hmm. I, I always love them. And then someone's like, what's a good one? And I'm like, hell if I remember, <laughs> you know, oh. I'm, I'm the CEO of when people are like, what's your favorite comic book? I have to give them like a range of 70 comics. Right. Right. I'm like this run. <laughs> They're like, that doesn't help me. And I'm like, doesn't help me either, but we're just going to move on. Well, oh, like, I... go for it. Oh, I was going to say that single issue was so, so fun Mm -hmm. to me. And I would love to see more comics like it. Exactly. And it's just, they're on a date and they just decide to start doing supervillain stuff. That was so fun. Exactly. And I loved just the little panel where she was like, oh, we've hit the lull of the first date. And I was like, 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was literally like the difference between my wife and every other date I went on was like there wasn't a lull. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. <laughs> like went on all these dates and then all of a sudden no lull as she moves pictures around in the background here. And here she is, still in her life. There hasn't been one yet. Hasn't been one yet. Um, I thought that was very fun. And I love yeah. the idea of filling that lull with super villain shenanigans. Thievery. Then, but then I also love that there was like a really honest and healthy look at adult um, sexuality, you know? Yeah. That like her and Batrock could hook up and both be okay with that and move on. And it, like, it wasn't messy. It didn't have to be dramatic. Exactly. It wasn't like possessive in any way. Like, I'm, I'm all for monogamy, but I'm also all for like people just living their lives. You know what I mean? And I thought that it was fun to see that Black Cat yeah. was in that place. It was. It's always nice <clears throat> when I see a female character actually, you know sleep with someone and have fun and I'm not like rolling my eyes afterwards like oh my god why and it, it's Patrock the Leaper and I felt like okay this is the most random pairing ever but the issue makes it work it's really fun and you know good representation for all our French friends out there so I'm glad they got that I mean it launched me into a whole thing of making fun of my French friends so <laughs> and then it they was, just roasted you in French and we still have a, no idea what they said oh that was beautiful net win. it was a net win I yeah <laughs> Tell all you French listeners, you're great. I love that 1% France on our listening demographics. So I'm like, I know who it oh. is. <laughs> all right. So we already kind of answered this second question mm-hmm. earlier in the episode, but it says, I wonder why Black Cat went back to number one if it was just going to continue this, where the story left off. And you're right. That is a very dumb thing that Western <laughs> comics likes to do. Where they're like, we'll put a number one on it, mark it up a dollar, and resell it, even though it's part thirteen out of twelve. Out of twelve. Mm-hmm. Or the classic, like, is this annual going to be a continuation of the story, or is it just a random thing that I will love, or a random thing that I won't care for, <laughs> that I play every time an annual comes out? Oh, those are the best. See, I. I'm just an old grumpus that sometimes doesn't want to spend like six bucks on a comic. I'm not sure I'm going to like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so annuals have always been hard for me. And I'm the CEO of like going through an omnibus and seeing an annual and being like, Haha, I get to skip you and keep going with the story, baby. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> I think with annuals, there's like ways to do them. Right. And I'm not sure if the black cat one really fit that for me. If it was a good issue, but it's not like, integral to the rest of the story it was fun mm-hmm. but i'm just not sure as for the number one um <clears throat> yeah it's just because they want more money <laughs> or it's it's either that or jen mckay wanted a little bit of time to reset for to set up infinite um the infinite the infinity heist that's going on right now so that could also be a possibility but let's be honest it's probably just because number one sell and any chance to give it a little boost let's Marvel's probably like, go for it. So, wait, will for me to understand the rest of the Black Cat issues, will I have to read the Infinite Destinies thing? Um, or do I, I just read the Black Cat one? I'm not following them right now. I'm a little behind on the Black Cat stuff currently, so I can't say. I but hope I, not. I, <laughs> I hope I, not. I think it's I think it's being billed as a little mini event, so I feel like 
you're gonna have to once i read them i will message you and i will let you know okay yeah it'll be a minute before i get caught up on black cat but i hope i don't have to read infinite destinies i please don't make me (laughs) (laughs) i don't know um okay so now we have a question from weekly writer inner glenn machette Mm -hmm. all right so he has two questions um we'll answer the first one and then with the second question um there is a bit of a content warning trigger warning about like things that have happened in black cat's life uh, her backstory um and so i think we'll give more of a straightforward trigger warning right before that happens and that's gonna be the last thing we do on the show so if you want to just cut out you're not gonna miss anything with All right. peace and love, you are you have permission to leave. God bless. <laughs> on your way. Um, all right. So, question number one. There are obviously a lot of similarities between Felicia and Selena Kyle, Catwoman from DC, for anyone that doesn't know. Mm-hmm. But I think they are their own distinct and different characters. What in your minds makes Felicia and Selena different? Oh, I might have a small answer to that. Okay. I feel like the thing that I can see a little bit of just having a tiny bit of snippet of knowledge from both of them is I feel like Felicia doesn't see herself as a villain and Selena knows that she's a villain and she likes that she's a villain just from what I've read and what I think just from seeing them I mean we definitely have talked earlier about in depth about how Felicia doesn't really see herself as a villain, but I feel like Catwoman is definitely portrayed more as aggressive villain esque type of character, which I feel like is really fun, really fun for the both of them. I love both of their characters (laughs) for those different reasons. Yeah. There's, I think a lot of their differences come in the way they approach what they have to do. Um, Selena and it both, it comes down to how they, came to do what they do they both you know obviously the literal embodiment of a cat burglar on yeah. marvel and dc pages but selena was someone <clears throat> who was just her life was always rough she was forced into this life she was forced mm-hmm. to you know take care of herself from a very early age she became you know a thief a burglar a woman at the streets you know like in the literal sense that she had to live there yeah. Because she had no other options. But Felicia chose to be a cat burglar. You know, yeah, she, she went out. <laughs> yeah, she thought it, she thinks it's fun. She went out. She had someone train her. She, you know, she chose this life. And you see that in just the way they act and the way they handle themselves. Like, Felicia doesn't think she's a villain. She's just a girl out for a fun time, you know, just yeah. a quick, easy buck. Selena's someone who's like, this is all I've ever done. This is all I know. This is something I have to do. And if that makes me a bad person, then I'm, I guess I'm going to be a bad person. Yeah, and she's like, and, okay. Yeah. That's and that. the, there's this internal struggle that Selena has where she's like, she wants to be a good person, but it's a, going against that nature that's been so ingrained in her. That's, yes. you know, her real struggle. Felicia doesn't have that same struggle. Felicia knows what she's about. And yeah, it just feels like she's here for it. And I think that's what separates them. You two super missed the mark. The difference is one has white hair and one has black hair. Jesus Christ. I swear to God. You're so... One of them has a boob opening. One of them kind of sort of has a boob opening (laughs) on their costume. Honestly, it's right there. Fuzzy white socks. Some of them don't have white socks. One is from DC. One is from Marvel. You silly geese. 
honestly. I can't believe. Okay, Jeez fine. Louise, English teachers. Come on. It was right there. What can we say? You know what the worst thing is? Glenn's going to agree with you. <laughs> Probably. He'll be like, these idiots. Jeez. These idiots. Silly, Fools. Too silly geeses. Also, can I just comment on how he apologized for saying my name wrong at the very bottom of his email? He's like, I am so sorry. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Oh, Glenn's. I was like, oh, okay. I feel bad about him, making but it. But Glenn's so nice. Glenn is good people. Um, cool. All right. Um, and do you want to, I don't know exactly how to word this. Do you want to like give yeah. a trigger warning, content warnings for just, the second thing? Just so everyone knows, um, for this next question, we're going to be addressing issues of sexual violence and sexual assault. So if that's something that you'd rather, you know, if you would rather be without, that's okay. Um, this will be the end of the show and, um, I hope you had a good time listening. Um, thank you for joining us and yeah. I love you. <laughs> love you and it's perfectly okay i i completely understand it's a really hard topic so yeah just just the heads up yeah next week <laughs> yeah we love you see you next week it's gonna be fun um but we'll give but, a second for people to go um but the second question from glenn it's a bit of like an observation on glenn's part but i think it'd be interesting to talk about amongst ourselves mm -hmm. if you two are interested it says, yeah. not a question, but more of a point. In Evil That Men Do, Mini by Kevin Smith and the Dotsons, Felicia confides to Peter that she was a victim of sexual assault in college. I just hate how many female comic characters have been victims of sexual assault. As I'm sure Anna in particular knows better than most, mm -hmm. given Carol's history, nearly every major and not so major female hero has been sexually assaulted. I hate it because of how lazy it is to do this to add unnecessary trauma or tragedy to female heroes. Sorry to bring up such a horrible subject, but I feel it's something that should be addressed. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, do you two have any th thoughts or comments on that? On that I trend? I agree comments? that it could be have left out of a lot of female stories. I feel like yeah. there's a lot more that, <laughs> a lot more to a female character than what that adds to their story and it's just a negative mm -hmm. connotation that they that they don't need and there's no point for it um especially because it is such a a horrible and just dark thing that so many individuals are um exposed to are have in their have those experiences in their lives and it's just something that I feel like with comics being such a fun safe environment that they there's no need Mm -hmm. for it to be forced on these characters, you know? Right. <clears throat> I think with subjects like this, there are times and places, or at least there should be times and places where these can be addressed in stories. Yes. I feel like comic books are not that place. Um, and I feel like I, I haven't done the research myself, but I feel like most of these incidents are put on female characters by male writers mm -hmm. because just looking at a female character, they're like, okay, I need a terrible backstory. What's the worst thing that could happen to a woman? And I feel like for a lot of people, that's where their mind goes. Yeah. They're like, okay, we'll roll with this. We'll have them have this trauma, which just gets inserted as like generic trauma A. And they're like, this is the thing we can now make them overcome. That's, that's where we're going to roll. That's how we're going to go from here on forward. And it's just, it, 
it cheapens it a lot to have it happen so much because unfortunately you know it's such a common thing in the real world unfortunately but to have it repeated so often in comics there there's supposed to be this place of just escapism it's just it feels it feels i'm trying to think of like the best way it feels icky you know yeah. it feels unwelcoming it feels hard to get through like talking about glenn's point about how it affected carol danvers you go back to that point in her history where she was miss marvel for the first time and she was like this beacon she was like doing so well she's this really fantastic hero she was really set up to be something special and then just out of nowhere out of the blue this awful awful thing happens to her and then her life literally crashes for 20 years in the comics afterwards and it's it's hard to see because one it puts this character in a place that it's hard to follow for a long time and um it just it's handled so poorly in so many cases too i think that's worth pointing out Yes, definitely. If you're going to touch on this stuff, maybe handle it with some care instead of just like a little one-off line in an Avengers um, anniversary issue where she gets to go off and live happily with her um, abuser baby, which is so, so weird and have everyone be happy about it. It's just a lack of responsibility as a storyteller and a lack of maturity as a storyteller, I think. Um, it's, I can't think of a single time where, like, one of these incidents happened to a female character and I would keep it, you know? Mm-hmm. I can't think of a single time where it's actually made the character more interesting or stronger or made me care about them more. It's just something, you know, sometimes it's just unspeakable. And it's, just, it's, it's sorry to see them in these spaces. And I feel like, you know, for female readers, just to be subjected to that all the time like it's it's hard enough just seeing like how female characters get sidelined or how they get you know mishandled or abused by just creators and just to see it happen in the story too is always really hard so it's it's alienating i think so it's 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 not great yeah i also feel like if it's really something that these writers want to talk about and want to have a platform on have a platform on it in the real world Leave it, leave it out of the comics. Let the comics be a safe place for every type of reader. Everyone, whether, no matter their background, let it be a safe place for these people. We don't want, like, exactly the same thing. Like, you don't want to be going about reading just an issue and all of a sudden it's just there and it can be very triggering for people. And it's just something that I feel like we need to have a safe space. And so if these writers want, if they want to have a platform about it, and really talk about it that's fantastic but talk about it in the real world like really put some real thought into it and bring it out and talk about it but don't hide it into comics in a icky in an icky way that was a good way to put it and there's there's times where I feel it has been handled slightly better than others Mm -hmm. like I'm going to bring up Jessica Jones just because the character was made with that aspect of the character's history in mind. It wasn't like tacking something on like what the the Kevin Smith story did for Black Cat or like what the Avengers 200 did to Carol where it just adds this part to the character yes. that is so contrarian to who they were before that that it doesn't feel like it fits. Um, the character was made with that in mind 
it was printed under the Marvel Max label, so it was for more mature readers. People understood where it was coming from. People were expecting darker things to happen. So I appreciate in that regard that it wasn't something, you know, added onto a character who never should have been used as a mouthpiece for this type of um, incident. And also there was a place where no one just kind of picking up comics on random would stumble into it. Like, um, I, I still dread to think how many people picked up that, how many like kids picked up that Spider-Man issue where um, Green Goblin and um, Gwen Stacy had their awful um, retcon. There's, it's just trying to think about, I think it did it better than most, but I still think if you're going to do this, if you have to, if something like forces you to tell this story, I think it should be from a woman's perspective, from a woman's perspective. I don't think that, I don't want another story where a male is talking about sexual violence against women. I don't, Mm -hmm. I think we're past that. I don't think it was ever really the place for it or the, I don't think it was ever appropriate for that. And I don't think we should ever see it again going forward. Fortunately, we have been seeing much less of it going forward, but I know it's going to happen again. It's going to, it's just an unfortunate reality. It will happen again and we will hear about it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dallas. I'm, I'm glad to hear both of you talk about it, honestly, you know, and I agree with Anne. I think we're, I think we're past trying to tell these stories in, especially superhero comic books. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, their comic books are a a wide medium, full of a lot of genres, and I think there are stories where this thing can be explored with more sensitivity and care, and ones where it doesn't really have a place and I feel like superhero comics are pretty low if not the very bottom of the totem pole of Mm -hmm. just there's no need you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um I also think it shows kind of to Glenn's point that it just seems to be like the seasoning of a hard backstory for female characters it just demonstrates how the writers feel about their female characters as sex Mm -hmm. objects you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. when they want to be positive towards these female characters. They're very alluring and the the object of desire for their characters. But then when they want to bring their characters low, they're the object of desire of a villain or an, a negative force. Mm-hmm. But like the operative, the female character herself doesn't really change much between those mm-hmm. things, you know? She doesn't really have agency either way. It's just, do we empathize with the guy that wants to get with her or not? Mm-hmm. And it just shows a lack of care and a lack of tact in mm-hmm. including female characters in comic books that I would not be sad to never see again, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think to Anne's point about uh, Alias, I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about this topic coming up in Invincible, a comic that I hold really Mm -hmm. closely to my heart. And again, like, however I may feel, however people may feel about the handling of that subject in Invincible, I don't think Invincible would be weaker for not including that storyline. You know what I mean? It Mm -hmm. sure, it created 
character it shifted character dynamics in a way that played out for another 20 30 issues but you can come up with another way to create those kind of character beats you know what i mean yep you don't have to include this subject and i'm i'm interested to see it's very clear from the first season of invincible that robert kirkman is looking back on his stories and bringing them into the modern era a little bit. Right. And so I'm interested to see if that's something that will be covered at all in the television show or how it will be covered, you know? Because I know for a lot of people, that was a point where that comic was no longer a welcoming place. Yeah. And that that's really sad. I don't, I love comic books. I think that there's something that I want to hand to every single person. But like you said, Anne, mm-hmm. I would hate to hand sins passed to my little sister not knowing anything yeah. you know just seeing green goblin gwen stacy and spider-man on a cover I'm like oh i love these characters here you go yep and thinking that like my 12 year old sister read, would read that is horrifying and i don't i don't want that and yeah i think that can be a whole separate conversation about i mean jerry conway's made been very vocal about wanting to move the vast majority of comics back to all ages Mm-hmm. And like allowing for things like DC Black Label to explore mature themes, right? And I honestly kind of agree with the guy. You mm-hmm. know, I wouldn't mind comics being a little bit more welcoming, a little bit more fun for everybody. Yeah. Say it's, I I told someone this the other day. It's like I don't know if I would ever recommend any of my female female friends pick up any female led book from Marvel between like 2000 and 2010. I just don't think I would ever do it because yeah yeah just the treatment of the characters is just so abysmal at times it's just it's hard to justify and you know cop you think about like when you're kids like you look up to superheroes so much and all you want to do is all I want to do is like read Spider-Man books and play Spider-Man games and it's like I don't know what I would have done as a kid if I'd read the Spider-Man book and like something like this had happened to Spider-Man I couldn't possibly imagine what it would be like to read, like, you know, as, like, a little girl reading a Wonder Woman book and seeing something like this happen. Like, it's it feels so out of place for what these characters are supposed to symbolize. It's just, yeah, you know, it's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely, it's something that has been on my mind a little bit because the alias omnibus is coming out soon. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I've never read alias all the way through. And so I was like, Oh, what if like, I want to read that book. And I was mm-hmm. like, is that a book that I want to bring to the show? And I've, I haven't been sure, you know what I mean? Yep. Because I don't know that I want a whole podcast episode. That's about these kind of topics where that book exactly. is about mm-hmm. those kind of topics. You know, it's, it's not fun. I don't like that. There are people that, couldn't be here with us for the last 15 minutes because this is like this is a hard topic you know mm-hmm. and so make superhero comics fun and nice and wholesome yes. everybody you're not doing anyone any favors by making it mature like i also don't think there's anything that mature about gritty hardened awful comics you know what i mean yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's that's all I have left to say. I don't know if you two have any more words. Um, yeah, no, all I'll say is you can make a story mature and make it have meaning 
without tapping into the absolute worst facets of the of like human nature and the worst things we can possibly do to each other you know it's it's possible comics are doing it right now and if you can't figure it out then i don't know what you're doing get more creative that's all i have to say yes for real honestly some of the very best comics that have come out recently have been all-age comics if you don't Mm -hmm. believe me go read unbeatable squirrel girl i promise you it is better than whatever mid-2000s thing you're about to pick up yeah all right do we want to read our end of the episode script sure sounds good yes all oh. right see i'm up. so clever not putting myself first on this thing <laughs> i so know you both just look like fools no i, I mean it's just was i feel a little funny going back to like a funny outro that was a yeah, very sensitive a, topic so i kind of it deserves a little bit of reverence mm-hmm. so okay so if you guys liked the show and wanted to hear more from us throughout the week, please go follow our Twitter account at CMX Collective, or you can follow each of us at our personal accounts at Dallas underscore comics at Ann Comics and Lexi Taylor underscore one, two, three. If you enjoyed the show and want to show your support, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and give us a five-star review and we will read it off on the show. Also, if you want to support our lovely Anne, she has a Patreon. Yes, Go I do. and support Anne on Patreon. I'm going to plug that forever because oh, I don't feel like Anne so. will plug that on the show. I, I, would, I would probably plug it. I appreciate it. Thank you. We just saw a wild Lexi's boyfriend's nipple in the corner of the screen, everyone. That you cannot find on my Patreon. That Sorry is, is not on Anne's Patreon. <laughs> Carson's nipples, not on Anne's Patreon. They're on my Patreon, though. <laughs> oh, okay. And there was, finally, like, shirts on for me over there, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Put a pause. We're talking about something really important. <laughs> pause. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's high. <laughs> oh my gosh. And sorry. finally, feel free to email us with your questions or comments for the show at thecomicscollective at gmail.com. Perfect. Uh, Alexis seems a little indisposed. So <laughs> we so will. Sorry. He goes, I have to hang these shirts up. I'm like, you can wait 15 seconds. <laughs> oh. <laughs> As him and the dog run across the bed behind me. I'm so sorry, everyone. No, you're good. All I gotta say is. happy, exciting now, I guess. <laughs> we will see you next week. Sans oh. Alexis, she'll be on vacation. Oh, my one oh. vacation of the year. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. I'm camping, so it'll be exciting. (laughs) Anne and I will be here to discuss. Discussed? Nice. Discuss. No, not discussed. It's wonderful. (laughs) My Hero Academia. Woo! Issues 96 through 162, because that's arbitrarily where I left off last time. So (laughs) Anne gets to jump on it wherever the hell I was. Backtrack. I don't even know where that starts, but we'll figure out. It's right after the All Might and All for One fight. Oh, it's right after that? Okay, fine. Right after that. So right when the status quo shifts. I actually feel like it's a pretty good jumping on point. Okay, yep. Sounds good to me. Rock and roll. So that's what we'll be doing next week. My Hero Academia. Alexis has dodged anime yet again. (laughs) Again. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you all later. See you all later. Bye.